Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Peter Nygaard has agreed to be extradited to the United States to face nine charges, including sex trafficking. He's also facing charges by Toronto police, six counts of sexual assault, and three of forcible confinement, and the charges relate to alleged incidents in the late 80s and mid-2000s. So what's going on as far as this particular case is concerned, and uh, who gets precedence? Does the Toronto police get precedence as far as uh, their charges are concerned, or the United States, where Nargaard has agreed to be extradited? Ari Goldkind joins us, Toronto, Toronto criminal lawyer and media pundit. How are you, Ari? Excellent, Roy. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So, well, what takes precedence, uh, the Toronto charge or the U.S.? Well, that's a great question, and a lot of people were talking about that the other day. And the answer is it really depends on the Minister of Justice, and there's probably going to be some discussions with Mr. Nygaard's legal team. So my sense is it is not a fait accompli yet. In most circumstances, you would think that the Canadian charges come first, but I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. But again, the third step of extradition is the Minister of Justice. That will be discussed with the uh, attorneys on behalf of the government. Um, but certainly the U.S. case, and we've seen this with our Kelly, Weinstein, Cosby, uh, even uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who uh, is a part of the Nygaard story, and I'll explain why. These are all things that suggest to me the U.S. matter may go first. Okay, so before we talk about uh, Maxwell and how that all how she ties uh, into into Nygaard, uh, to talk to us about what it is that he faces as far as the charges in the United States are concerned and the charges in in Canada are concerned. The man's in his eighties. Yeah, and that's a really important part of the story. Now, again, most people won't care because as soon as you get charged with a Me Too like offense, everybody presumes you guilty in the courtroom of public opinion sort of does you in, but he is 80 years old. And so where does Maxwell fit in? I'll get to that second. In the United States, he faces essentially two, for lack of going into legally, sets of charges. The first is racketeering. Now, that's a word that most people don't know, Roy. It's a word that really applies to Tony Soprano, mafia-like cases, and it's done to sort of find a conspiracy or a scheme. And why is the racketeering charge so difficult to defend against. Uh, R. Kelly went down on it last week. What does R. Kelly have to do with Tony Soprano? Nothing. What it does is it allows U.S. prosecutors to ignore statutes of limitations. And what it essentially does is it says, look, there is somebody at the top of the food chain, in this case, Nygaard. He has underlings help recruit women, bring women from malls, get all these women to his pamper parties. And that conspiracy or scheme-like charge allows the prosecution to be much, much easier to prove. So the charges there are racketeering and trafficking in persons. And in the Canada, they are the more standard charges of sex assault and forcible confinement. Because in Canada, Roy, we don't have a racketeering charge. So his lawyers the other day allowed him to be extradited only on the trafficking. That's what they agreed to. The racketeering is subject to discussion in the third stage of extradition. Okay, and Ghislaine Maxwell, I've heard her first name pronounced so many different ways. Ghislaine or Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever her correct pronunciation is. The sex trafficking, is, is that where she ties in, uh, or at least the situation becomes similar? 
Yeah, and so what? why that's such an important part of the story is because Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein, and all these other people tied into Me Too, they were rotting in jail in the, what's called the Manhattan Detention Center. Weinstein as well, R. Kelly as well. Now you say, what does that matter? Because one of the things that came up the other day is that as part of this agreement, I think there's been some discussion between U.S. and Canadian authorities and Nygaard's legal team that when Nygaard surrenders, as he does for the extradition, assuming he gets sent and the third stage is met, he will not be housed in the hellhole known as the Manhattan Detention Center. And when you mentioned he's 80 years old and he's likely to die in jail, that's how this tale is going to end, in my view, absent me being surprised. There seems to be some discussion that was publicly uh, offered the other day that one of the conditions, again, is he will not end up in that undignified hellhole, which as much as people like the fact that these people end there, these are people that are presumed innocent. These are pretrial detention. And by the way, Roy, Peter Nygaard, in my view, should have gotten bail on the extradition request. He didn't because of a whole series of things that to me are rotten. And that's one week after we all had Canadians' noses thumbed in the two Michaels and the Huawei uh, billionaire daughter of the founder who was living in a $10 million home in Vancouver thumbing her nose at Canadians. Yeah. So the Supreme Court of Canada has, as you just uh, mentioned, been involved in Nygaard's situation, denying his request to challenge the decisions by two lower courts and denying him, essentially, I guess, by extension, denying him bail. But his, his, his circumstances in Winnipeg are not terrible, if you're thinking about prison realities. He's alone in a cell made for three. He has a television and he has a phone. So would that have been a negotiated situation? I, I think so. And I think probably something to do with, God forbid, something happens to him in jail like Epstein. I can't really comment on that. You know, I'm not really persuaded that he's in sort of club fed in pretrial dis, uh, uh, detention. My right. view, Roy, and again, you know, I'm not a bleeding heart. Trust me. But the idea that he didn't get bail at 80 when he was offering round-the-clock monitoring, a full security team, no phone, no cell service, because the judge said he'll tamper with witnesses, these are all things that, in my view, should have allowed him to be safely released. And when you look at the kind of people, Roy, that often do get released on very significant, expensive bails, whether it be a shooter, an alleged cop killer, the idea that Peter Nygaard didn't get bail on the extradition request bothers me as a criminal defense lawyer. But I appreciate that 92.8% of people listening probably think that allegations are enough to get people to rot in jail. I don't ascribe to that theory. So what are you expecting uh, going forward, Ari? How does this situation play itself out? Yeah, I, I think, Roy, this is actually a much easier answer. I think in the United States, the part of the story that people don't really know, and it makes it fascinating, and if you don't believe me, take my word and Google the words Lewis Bacon. And I mean that seriously, Lewis Bacon. This all started uh, over a decade ago where the two billionaires on a tiny island in the Bahamas, that's Peter Nygaard and Louis Bacon, had a dispute over a construction project. These were two billionaires having a blank contest. I won't fill in that word, Roy, for obvious reasons. And Louis Bacon spent, spent millions of dollars trying to dredge up evidence, get people to get statements against Nygaard. He essentially built the case. If the defense team for... Uh, Nygaard in the United States can show that this is all made up, which I'm not sure they can do. These pamper parties are notorious. 
Peter Nygaard was notorious for allegedly being a creep and having all sorts of interests that were not kosher, uh, so to speak. Peter Nygaard has a very difficult road to hold in the United States when the Manhattan District Attorney, called the Southern District of New York, sets its eyes on somebody. They almost never lose, and the racketeering charge, or even the trafficking charge, Roy, allows them to call so many people to say he's a rotten person. I don't see him running the gauntlet or, you know, running the board in the U.S. I think he will die in jail, and that leaves aside the Toronto charges, which he will face at some point. Okay. Harry, good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Roy.